I'm Dylan. I'm Keon. And this is Zenith Fed Podcast, where it's not only going to destroy us, it's going to annihilate us too, because this week we watched Breakdown. Written by Terry Nation. Directed by Fair Lorimer. And aired on March 6, 1978. Yeah, so Fair Lorimer, back again, <laughs> directing. <laughs> I only watch episodes directed by Veer Lorimer. No, no, that's not true. I don't I only, even remember what he directed I, before. I only watch episodes written by Pip and Jane Baker, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what Veer Lorimer... He has directed, directed something. Yeah, he directed at least one other episode. This season. But I, I remember seeing on Making Blake 7 the, the destroy but annihilate line. Paul Darrow was like, Veer, th- this line doesn't make any sense. And Veer was just like, just say it for me, Paul. Just well, say it for me. Well, he didn't write the episode. That was it's probably all on either Terry Nation or Chris Poucher. But no, that, I mean, it is kind of a stupid line. But at the same time, uh, you know, destroy and annihilate don't necessarily mean the same thing. They don't necessarily mean the same thing, but they're, they're like used they're in the same close way. enough that the line sounds redundant. I guess, but like destroy is like destroy is the opposite of like build, or it's like yeah, it's basically the opposite of like creating, building, you know, whatever. But annihilate literally like I'll annihilate, turn you into nothing. Like I'll annihilate you, I'll turn you into nothing. That's like etymologically what it means. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So apparently, this is also. From what I read, this is the first script that was like substantially changed from Terry Nation's first draft. Terry Nation's first draft wasn't really about Gans Limiter breaking down and wasn't the you know, the lab portion basically was non-existent. The story kind of evolved around them going through the gravity well and then a mysterious being being on the ship while they're on the in the gravity well, but only Gan can see it. It's kind of like Edge of Destruction, but <laughs> But better, I guess. <laughs> Not that that's hard. But different. <laughs> I mean, I got some edge of destruction vibes from parts of this episode, at least. Well, the first half, maybe. I was looking at the names of like all the audio dramas that Blake Seven has done, and this is relevant because I remember <laughs> ragging on Terry Nation for the name "Mission to Destiny" because it reminded me of Edge of Destruction, and that it was just awful. <laughs> Uh, and then apparently there's an audio called Escape from Destiny. <laughs> Again, I don't think these names are, you know, that bad. Mm. Mission, I mean, Mission of Destiny to me is fine. Escape from Destiny, stupid, but also fine. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, you know. whatever. <laughs> On the other hand, I hate a lot of the uh, reboot Doctor Who episode titles. Like the Girl I think in the they're fireplace. fine. Fear Her is also terrible. Fear terrible Her title. was terrible. A terrible the, title. A terrible title and episode, but... Anyway, this isn't Doctor Who, thankfully, because Series 3, which we're watching right now for our other, our other podcast, Trust Your Doctor, is pretty grating. And as I mentioned on Twitter, I'm starting to use Blake 7 as a reward for finishing Doctor Who every week. I honestly don't look forward to watching either. I mean, I, <laughs> enjoy, great, I enjoy Blake 7, and I enjoy Doctor Who as well. I just don't look forward to watching them because I typically procrastinate and leave them till the day before we record at like nine at night. And I'm like, great. Now I'm going to have to sit here at my computer for the next two hours watching television shows instead of doing the smart thing and watching them on different days spread out over the week. You know, that's what that's what an intelligent person would do. But that's not me. So anyway, it starts It basically just jumps right into the action. You know, um, Jenna and Gan are. Uh, in the just, contr- just flying yeah, somewhere. Yeah, they're just flying the Liberator. And all of a sudden, Gan's head starts to hurt. 
and you know he 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 grasps for his his head i guess and starts scratching at his limiter and then he attacks jenna sort of um body slams her uh, <laughs> this this was pretty impressive how he just flips her on her back and then she doesn't get up immediately but she seems pretty fine for the rest of the episode you know ma- think she'd have massive back pain but uh you know then again she also seemed to uh not have her hand glued to that substance that just solidifies in seconds so, oh, yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> way Maybe, back in the, what was it way back in the way back no no it was actually in spaceball yeah it was in spaceball but you know maybe jenna's just hiding um supernatural <laughs> recovery abilities no no i don't think that's the case it might no be. no I, somehow <laughs> somehow i doubt it well so she calls for blake and blake and avon come in and you know, they start beating on Gan, but Gan's really strong and he's beating them up. And then, you know, this thing happens in this fight that I thought was like pretty questionable fight choreography. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole thing was questionable, but there's like, it, there was a part that was like more questionable than the other parts because Blake goes down on the floor and Gan, Gan's kind of got Avon in like a body lock and then Avon kind of just pelvic thrusts forward and like Gan falls over like he's just been stabbed like this is the most devastating thing Avon could have possibly done in this moment but Paul Darrow puts such little effort into this pelvic thrust that it looks like Gan kind of just falls over and also why would a pelvic thrust injure Gan anyway yeah he's using his special Avon powers <laughs> what are those just I don't know just being able to do anything just being so awesome at <laughs> pelvic thrusting <laughs> is that what you're being, saying no being so being so liked by chris boucher that you can make it through any situation <laughs> being such a good pal of the guy writing the show that you just have legitimate god Im- powers impenetrable plot armor and godlike powers and abilities <laughs> anyway they somehow subdue gan well callie comes in with the uh, tranquilizing patches yeah they 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 get they, they yeah, they subdue Gan, and they, they put these patches on him that prevent him from standing up. They basically knock him out. Yeah. Uh, Blake says, you know, two patches would knock us out for 100 hours, so if Gan gets up at any point, we know something's really wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, something's obviously already wrong because he's trying to kill them. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, th- then Callie helps Jenna, who seems pretty much fine at this point. <laughs> but this is this is interesting because when Gan first introduced his limiter to Jenna and presumably to everyone else off screen. He said that um, it prevents him from killing and but he but as part of his backstory he said he killed a guard because the guard was threatening him and I think he says his woman as well or like the guard attacks his woman and, and threatened him or something like that so he killed the guard which is why he's you know a criminal. Mhm. And he says that his limiter prevents him from killing but it, you know it, this sort of makes it seem like he has stronger violent tendencies than he was letting on in that story that he told because he just tries as soon as his limiter stops working he just tries to kill the first person in sight well they say later that the limiter might be sending scrambled signals instead of just being off avon says that yeah. when he examines the limiter well yes yeah, so anyway they they take him to to uh, the medical room i guess and they they put him in these restraints that I don't, they, they somehow, they're, they're not, uh, they don't actually like restrain his body, but they create some, some sort of energy field or something that can mm-hmm. restrain him or something like that. Callie's against this. 
But Blake is like, do you really want to take the chance that if we don't restrain him, he's going to sit up and uh, not kill one of us? Callie's like, like, okay, I, I guess. I guess not. And looking back to this, uh, keeping Callie the one against using the restraints in charge of making sure the restraints stay on is probably a bad decision. But, you know, whatever. There's a lot. There are a lot of bad decisions made mainly by Blake in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the first time we see the Liberator Medical Bay, which just looks like every other room on the Liberator, but they put a bed in there. I have a feeling, I mean... Yeah, maybe this has something to do with, like, yeah, it looks like every other room in the Liberator, but I have a feeling we'd seen it before. Possibly in, I'm forgetting what it's called, the one with the, they find the cryogenic... Time Yeah, Time Squad. squad. Possibly in Time Squad. Um, possibly also in Project Avalon, where they they bring Avalon and what's-his-face. Oh, yeah, Liberator. maybe in Project Avalon. Although, wasn't that Avalon's court? Whatever. <laughs> every room on the Liberator yeah. looks the same. <laughs> The Avalon robot, sorry, not Avalon. Eh, wait, wait a minute. What happened to Avalon? E- she was on the she was on the Liberator at the end of the story. Yeah, you know what? That was last <laughs> week. Don't ask me to remember things like that. Wait, what happened to Avalon? <laughs> Maybe they just killed her throughout the throughout the airlock. <laughs> we are, we want to be the only rebels in this galaxy. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's never going to get resolved. So. I mean, they took, in, in Mission of Destiny, they took what's-their-faces on the ship as well and never brought them up again, so... Yeah, but they were explicitly taking them to Destiny, weren't they? Yeah, but, I mean... They weren't really taking Avalon anywhere. The, the plan was just to pick up Avalon. Yeah, exactly. They weren't taking her anywhere, so as soon as they got the chance, they just dumped her somewhere, and they're like, we weren't really taking you anywhere, Avalon. <laughs> Maybe she's, like, asleep in her quarters <laughs> for this entire story. <laughs> she sleeps through the entire events of the story. Anyway, Blake... Blake has Zen. The chameleon of Blake 7. <laughs> <laughs> She'll show up two seasons like- now. <laughs> hey, guys. I've been lost in the Liberator for well, weeks. Based on, based on things I don't think you know happen yet, and that I'm not going to spoil, that would pose a couple problems. <laughs> Mainly for Avalon herself. But anyway, to get on with this, they go into... They go back to the the control room and uh they're trying to figure out the the best course of action here and blake has zen write up a list of medical bases less than 600 hours of travel away yeah and a lot of them are you know basically that far you know five to six hundred hours away there's one at 200 yeah which they i think they decide to go like well all right we have to go to the closest one but then avon brings up uh, a base that he's been keeping tabs on xk72 yeah it's a it's a neutral base so not affiliated with the Federation, uh, or, or I guess anyone else, supposedly. Um, but he said that he's been keeping an eye on it as a possible place to escape to, you know, should he ever need one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Villa has some snarky lines here. He has a lot of snarky lines throughout this entire episode. I really liked Villa in this episode, but I'm forgetting what they were, and I didn't write them down, because I'm doing a piss-poor job of keeping my uh, <laughs> quote, running running quotes for the show, which I was planning to do. <laughs> Yeah, so Blake's like, oh, so, well, Villa's like, who are you keeping a nesting pot? And Avon's like, I mean, you know, in case I wanted off this ship, which I do. <laughs> Villa's like, okay. Blake's like, hey, Zen, why isn't XK-72 on the system? Zen's like, it would take 600 hours to get there. And, and Avon's like, no, 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 direct flight, 150 hours. Try calculating again, Zen. And Zen's like, nope, calculation's done, 600 hours. Avon's like, are you taking the direct route, Zen? And Zen's like, yeah. 
But it turns out that no, Zen isn't taking the direct route because the direct route um, goes through an area where that Zen is programmed not to ever go into. Yeah, and apparently whoever programmed Zen not to go there didn't tell Zen why he couldn't go there, and apparently didn't realize that this would cause a lot of problems with a with a with a non computer crew actually wanting to go through that region since yeah. they wouldn't be programmed not to go through that region, nor would they know what's in there making them not go through that region. Yeah, because because Avon, I think all of them actually sort of ask Zen, you know, hey, why why don't you want us to go into this region? And Zen is like, no information. And they're like, well, we don't want to just go on that recommendation. So if you don't have any information, we're just going to wing it. And Zen's like, okay, <laughs> bye. Um, well, Zen won't let them actually, so they have to shut them down. Have to shut down computers to actually get into this. Well, I think Zen zone. shuts down automatically. They oh, yeah, go, right. they, they go, go on the manual. And, yeah, they go into the zone and Zen shuts down. They're like, "Oh shoot, computers shut down as soon as we entered this area." But it's okay. We can fly this manually. Villa actually is the only one who doesn't want to go into into this zone. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really ask him, and he has a line about that too. He's like, "Don't I get a say?" And they just continue to ignore him. <laughs> Poor Villa. So they're flying through this region, and then all of a sudden Avon makes this realization that if auxiliary power shuts down, then they're basically screwed because there's so many micro-adjustments that have to be made while flying the Liberator that... Yeah, yeah, it turns out all this time the computer has been helping them fly the Liberator effectively, and they just can't do it themselves. Yeah, this makes me think of an actual plane called the X-29, made by NASA in... I want to say it was the 80s, might have been the 70s. It has forward swept wings, you know, how like planes typically sweep the wings backwards. Yeah. It has forward swept wings because they were because you know the 70s and the 80s were weird time <laughs> and the 60s were weird times for airplane uh, airplane development. They were trying everything under the sun and but yeah, apparently forward swept wings very very maneuverable. Also so happens that, that means that they're so unstable, it's extremely difficult to fly without a computer making hundreds of micro adjustments every second so i just that was what i was thinking of when they're like makes hundreds of micro adjustments it's helping us fly this plane it's like, hey, it's like a real life plane maybe maybe it was an inspiration for this i don't know potentially i really don't remember when the x-29 was made unfortunately well we can look it up i do know it was northrop grumman though i think anyway blake uh tells avon that he needs to go and try and get the computers back up and running because otherwise they're basically screwed because there's a gravity well slash hole thing that they're about to go into. Yeah, well, so I think, like, they just tell Avon to go fix the computers before they know yeah, they don't what's know happening. And then they, they kind of see the gravity well, and then <laughs> Blake says something that's just well, like, oh, so that's why Zen didn't want us to go here. Yeah, well, as soon as they send Avon mm-hmm. off, then, you know, the, the effects of the computers not being online uh, starts to be shown i guess because i start to veer off course a little bit jenna's able to correct it but you know there's there's so many they're veering off so much that eventually she's not able to to you know correct mm-hmm. and then they see the gravity thing they're like oh and the gravity well looks like someone put a really shiny piece of fabric into a washing machine and filmed <laughs> I thought it, it looked cool <laughs> i liked it you know what? Just because you liked, liked it, it doesn't mean it didn't look like a shiny piece of fabric in a washing machine <laughs> yeah but it was uh, it was effective you know it uh really captured the terror of deep space. No, no. Well, that's sort of chewed out by a comment on the website that's like, you have to remember that the BBC had a low budget for this show. And I think we do remember that the BBC had a low budget for the show. I think we just like to rib on the show for it, though. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's coming through, but the reason I make fun of the special effects and, and uh, you know, some of the questionable decisions on the show is because I actually 
really like this show. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, we do it out of love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Avon's trying to fix the computer. And this is, this is my award for this week. Uh, while Avon was fixing the computer. Let me, let me explain what happens first, and then I'll explain my award. So Avon does this thing, and there's like three sets of lights on the wall. And the right side is green, and the middle ones are red, and the left one is, I think, just white. And so he does something, and the the green lights go on and the red lights go on, but not all of them. Like, the top two rows of lights aren't on, but everything below them are. And then so he does something, and then one of the red lights, like, blinks. Except they didn't actually blink the light on set. It looks like they went in later and superimposed <laughs> a red dot on top of the light. This is my award for most questionable use of special effects in this episode. Because they, it, I didn't see any reason why they couldn't just actually blink the light on set unless the set designer designed the circuit so that that row of lights could only go on and off and they couldn't blink them with like there was some limitation on how they set up the light circuit that didn't allow them to blink it but it looks yeah. like they just went in and post and like put a red dot on top and were like okay it's blinking yeah. no one even know yeah you know i mean i wouldn't know and i i doubt you know based on how not how little is documented about this show but there not everything about Blake 7 is documented, right? And I, I'm pretty sure this isn't something that you're going to be able to find any info on. <laughs> Circuit design of sets on Blake, on Blake 7. But, you know, I also think we're sort of grasping at, you know, what to give awards to at this point. Because mine is also sort of, you know, similar in, in nature to that where it's sort of something, something graspy. Well, I just look for humorous things to give awards to. I almost gave one to most ill-timed lens flare during the fight between Blake and Gan because there's a lens flare that occurs right as Gan hits Blake in the head and it looks like they tinted the screen while Gan was punching Blake because of the lens flare, but... <clears throat> anyway, Gan has sort of woken up at this point. Uh, we didn't mention that Gan is dying. <laughs> we didn't mention why he needs medical attention quickly. It's because he's dying. Yeah, they like scan him with this... Scanner. Tube. <laughs> and they realize that his limiter is killing him. And needs yeah. needs minor adjustments that they can't make. Avon looks at the circuit and he's like, "Looks like this part is burned out. Might explain why it's sending garbled signals to Gan." And like, "Can you repair it?" And he's like, "I don't have the skills to repair this." Also, <laughs> I kind of laughed when Jenna's like, "There seems to be some problems around the scarring on the limiter." And I had always thought the limiter was inside Gan's head, and there wasn't like an actual physical thing outside of his no, head. We, we saw the limiter in, I think, Time Squad. I know, that's why I don't know why I assumed it was inside his head. She's like, there's some scarring around the... There's some, like, burns around the scars, and then it shows the actual limiter, and I'm like, that's the actual limiter, Jenna. That's not the scars. That's burns on the actual limiter, Jenna. Anyway. Yeah, so Callie is, is watching over Gan, and Gan sort of wakes up, and, uh, you know, I really like how David Jackson played the sinister Gan. I think he did a really good job of it. You know, in Project Avalon, I made this comment like, oh yeah, David Jackson seems like he's totally over the role. <laughs> not really even giving Gan any lines anymore. He's not doing anything. But uh, I really liked how he played him in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, just his facial expressions were pretty great. And um, the way he plays the the sinister Gan, uh, the unlimited Gan, I guess. The unlimited Gan. <laughs> <laughs> unlimited cosmic Gan. <laughs> Um, but just the way he plays this, the sinister Gan, pretending to to be the the, the limited Gan, uh, is great. I thought, which happens right now because he tries to convince Callie to take his restraints off, which he does. Callie, Callie takes the restraints off. 
And he just beats Callie. <laughs> yeah, as soon as she takes them off, he's just like, thanks, Callie. And you know, she goes and looks the other way for a minute, and he starts choking her with a mm. smile on his face. <laughs> Callie really gets the short end of the stick this week again. <laughs> she gets beat up by Gan twice. She has maybe five lines and basically plays no part in the final 15 minutes of the story at all. Yep. Meanwhile, they're, uh, they, they can't turn back at this point. There's no possible way to turn the ship around, so they have to go through the gravity well. Well, yeah, because they're too close now. They try reversing the thrust to slow descent into the gravity well, which they do. And then Blake's like, so either we go the quick way or the slow way. I say we go the quick way. And Villa's just sitting there like, you should have listened to me. You jerks should have listened to me. But nobody's listening to him, even as he says this. So We also, Blake, go. before they actually go into the gravity well, Blake uh, Blake runs off because Callie comes in and is like, I got oh, attacked. Yeah. yeah, Callie walks in and she's like, so Gan just attacked me? And, and yeah. yeah, they go off. Yeah. Well, Blake goes to find Gan and Callie takes over his role. And Gan is, meanwhile, uh, beating, Avon. beating Avon up. <laughs> And Avon's using have, his stick of destiny again to fix the computer. <laughs> Blake walks in and sort of intervenes in this fight. Well, and, so uh, they reverse the thrust right as Gan's going to go hit Avon. He falls over and clutches his head in pain, and Avon's like, I think I'm okay. But he's, And then he's like, I fixed the computer, by the way. So they, they go through the gravity well, which with the computers, they're able to get through the gravity well unharmed. Yeah, luckily. I thought this was a cool sequence of them going through the gravity well. Pretty it's kind of trippy. Yeah. They like twist and distort the footage, I guess. Yeah. So, sort of similar to what they did in Duel. With the, yeah. I mean, maybe not an execution, but similar in concept. So weird sort of footage, distorted. Um, their voices sound completely normal, which I thought was a bit strange, but... <laughs> Blake's like, hit the button, Jenna. And Jenna's like, I can't. <laughs> but yeah, they make it through. Gan is again restrained. And I think this is the point where Avon's like, all right, Blake... Once we get to XK-72, I'm out. And Blake's like, okay. And I think Villa or Jenna says like, oh, really? You're just going to let him go off? And he's like, well, it's his decision. It was Callie, actually. Oh. Because he says something to... When they get there, uh, Blake is talking with Callie. He's like, so I'm going to go get the, the guy to do the surgery. And he tells Avon, like, hey, send... Uh, you know, can you teleport me over? Navon says something, and then Blake's like, kind of sounds angry. And Callie's like, "Why are you angry with him?" He's like, "I'm not angry." And she's like, "You're not going to try convince him to stay?" Blake's like, "It's his own choice. He has to make the choice for himself. I don't. I just don't care." Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, but they also mention how they need the help of Doctor Kane, who is like apparently a genius surgeon who's stationed on this station (laughs) (laughs) stationed on this convenient neutral outpost that just happened to be the closest well neutral i mean in like this is actually something avon mentions that uh trality takes many forms and he's not willing to take a chance on someone's you know supposed neutrality but they anyway they get to the station and we cut to the station we cut to kane dr kane and uh, i forget this guy's name the the head of the station basically farron farron and they're discussing you know how the liberator you know, just showed up and they're like, I've never seen anything like it. You know, what is this? And I think one of them assumes that it's a Federation ship. Blake tells uh, Avon to contact him and lie that they're an experimental Federation ship. Yeah. So Blake goes down onto uh, XK-72. Yeah, they're talking about sending a shuttle over and making sure that nobody leaves, nobody comes over armed. And Blake just teleports <laughs> in. He's like, don't worry, I'm not armed. 
And they're like, whoa, how'd you do that? He's like, well, we need uh, the help of Dr. Kane. So uh, if you could just direct me to Dr. Kane. Dr. Kane's like, I'm Dr. Kane. And they're like, like, cool, Dr. Kane, you want to come with us? We need some neurosurgery. He's like, all right, sure. I think he's... I think he agrees to go over because he's mainly curious about the uh, teleportation technology that they, was just demonstrated to him. And also, he probably has already figured out who Blake is because he figures he's out already pretty figured quick. Out. I think he figures out pretty much as soon as he gets onto the Liberator. Maybe. Or, I don't think he's figured it out yet. Although there's no real indication one way or the other. It's just what I think. Fanon's like, this is breaking all kinds of protocol. And Kane's like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, basically. So Kane and Blake return. And uh, they send Avon down. I forget why. For Kane's assistant. Kane's like, I'm going to need my assistant and also some, yeah, some like, equipment. So they send Avon over and Avon gives Raynor the teleport bracelet and Villa's manning the teleporter pad as usual, I guess. <laughs> and Avon's like, I'm going to stay here for a bit, Villa. And I'm like, there's no reason why Villa can't just bring Avon back anyway, <laughs> right? There's like not a reason... There's nothing actually stuck. He could press the button and bring Avon back. Yeah. But like, I mean, as I, mean, I said before, it's Avon's choice whether he wants to stay or not. Yeah, but Villa wants him to stay. At least that was the indication I got from his lines earlier. Yeah, yeah, but... And know. Villa know, Villa knows what Avon's doing here. There's no way Villa doesn't know what <laughs> Avon's doing right now. Well, you know, eh, whatever. You just keep pushing the button, sending him back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting away. <laughs> He's like trapped in the teleporter loop. I mean, all you'd have to do is take the bracelet off. Don't give him time, dude. Just beep, 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 beep. Hey, Zen, set up a... Zen, set up a Just loop. Just tape the button down. <laughs> Villa! <laughs> anyway, Kane is brought into uh, Gan's uh, room. Well, Blake sort of lies about what's going on. He's like, uh, I'm a civilian. You know, this is a Federation ship. And Kane is like, wow. Right, right. I didn't know the Federation continued its investigation into teleportation technology. I thought they abandoned that years ago. Blake is like, well, it's it's uh, classified, so if you'll just uh, come this way. <laughs> uh, he brings them into the surgery bay, or what they're going to be using as a surgery bay, and he's like, all right, then, uh, just get my assistant, and I'll uh, I'll get to work. Yeah, so, so Renor comes yeah, Renor. over. He's like, okay, just direct me to Kane. And like, he's in well, there. Well, first he starts hitting on Jenna and Callie. Okay, yeah. He's like, all right, I guess we'll have to perform this surgery. He's just playing the field. Hit on everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they they are supposed to be starting the surgery. But then, then Kane just leans back, puts his feet up. And he's like, yeah, this is Blake and his crew. <laughs> he always like, so? He's like, yeah, they're like criminals. He's like, so? We're just here to perform surgery. Yeah, we're doctors. We uh, we help people, you know, no matter the side. We're on a neutral base. And Kane is like, yeah, well, uh, you know what? This is Blake and his crew, so I'm not going to help them. Also, I contacted the Federation. <laughs> Reno's like, what? You're just going to let this man die? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, okay, Kane's plan is to stall, because Blake and everyone else don't know how long the surgery is supposed to take. It actually only takes 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh, Kane is going to stall three hours, so he's going to wait for the Federation to show up, save Gan, and then, you know, hope that the Federation just blows them to smithereens. <laughs> I think he's neglecting to realize that he's on the Liberator. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure his plan is to, you know, just make it back to the base, make it back to XK-72 how? just in time. I don't know, just maybe perform surgery, run out real quick, like, hey, it's, it's done, we gotta go back to the base now and, you know, do that, and then 
watch and laugh is you know i mean really the thing is this is a really poorly thought out plan yeah he's on the liberator he's probably dead if the ships show up or the liberator will just leave with him on it yeah you know i mean this plan could possibly work if the uh if the margin of time wasn't so short you know he leaves 20 minutes for him to get off the liberator at which point they would have already detected the federation ships so you know definitely could have thought uh, out this plan a little more but he doesn't yeah, what, why did he stop? What he should have done if he was actually a genius was <laughs> perform the surgery immediately and then just stall for time after the surgery is already complete. And then later on with like this 20 minutes, like, oh, I've already done the surgery. I'm going to leave now. Bye. Yeah, I guess. But I uh, know he doesn't do that. Maybe he's just incredibly lazy and he's just like, nah. <laughs> he's incredibly <laughs> self-centered. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, we didn't mention this is Julian Glover. Uh, a famous actor, probably one of the most famous on Blake 7 so far, as far as I can tell. He's been in Indiana Jones, Star Wars. He was in Doctor Who. He was he was in City of Death and just in many other things as well. Yeah, he has a pretty recognizable face. I was trying to, I was wondering why I like recognized his face, but I didn't realize it was him, Julian yeah. Glover. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, on the, on XK72, Avon is talking with Farron, and he's like, I'll give you the secret to teleportation technology if you just let me stay here, because I want off the ship. Farron's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Farron just sort of agrees to this when he, he's sort of outraged by any breaches in protocol. Maybe because Avon's mean, maybe... like, I'm the greatest computer scientist in the galaxy, except that Owen guy who was better than me. I'm second best. <laughs> I think this also might be a hint that Farron is uh, a Blake sympathizer. Renor definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe Farron is as well. Is as well. Maybe. They're supposed to be neutral. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're supposed, supposed to be neutral, to be. but as we can see, you know, Kane is just entirely on the side of the Federation. Renor is basically entirely on Blake's side. <laughs> um, because we actually neglected the part where uh, Renor is like, well, I'm just going to go tell Blake that you called in the Federation. And Kane is like, and, and risk not being not witnessing the greatest surgery of, of your, uh, that you'll ever be able to witness and um, risk your entire medical career. I don't think you would take that chance, Renor. Renor's like, damn, you're right. Anyway, Villa started to figure it out anyway because he's like, surely Zen could tell us how long this procedure should take, right? Because it's taking a long time. And Zen's like, you know, I don't really know, but yeah, it seems like it's taking a long time. Like while Zen's talking, Villa's like just walking over slowly and pulling the gun yeah. out of the out of the storage cabinet. And then as Kane is talking about stalling for time, Villa's like, okay, your time is up. It's time to perform the surgery. And Kane's like, how, how much does Blake know? And Villa's like, I haven't told Blake anything because he has a conscience and he wouldn't be able to kill you. And Kane's like, and you would? And then Avon walks in, he's like, no, but I would. Because at this point, Farron... Farron finds out from Renor that Kane has told the Federation and then he's relayed that information to Avon and Avon's like <sighs> Avon reluctantly goes back to the Liberator. He tells Farron that he needs to go collect his things, but at this point it's obvious that he's, you know, gonna go back to the Liberator. He's like, I gotta go save these nitwits again. <laughs> what would they do without me, right? Even though he doesn't really save them at all. He... Yeah, he doesn't really. I mean, other than like his intimidation of Kane, like, alright. Yeah. So I didn't get the I mean, when someone's named Kane in basically any Western fiction, you know, immediately think Kane and Abel, but I didn't get the connection there. Oh, I didn't think of that at all. <laughs> I thought it was spelled with a K. It is, it's spelled K A Y N E, but like just that name itself. 
hmm. is highly evocative of uh, traitors, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, maybe that's what it is. He's a, he's a traitor, traitor, although not really, because... He's a traitor to the neutrality. I, I guess, yeah. Anyway, uh, the threats of death don't seem to move Kane, and Blake comes in, and he's like, you're going to perform the surgery, or I'm just going to I'm gonna beam you back to the station. And Kane's like, your threats don't scare me. And Blake's like, well, by the way, I'm going to destroy your hands. Well, yeah, this is at the point where there's like oh, 35 minutes till the ship's get, uh, you know, 30 minutes till the ship gets here, and he's like, how long does it take to surg- perform the surgery, Kane? He's like, 35 minutes. Blake's like, dude, in 20. He's like, oh, what, you'll kill me? And he's like, no, I'll send you back to the station. He's like, your threats don't. Your threats don't. You know, that an effect on me. And that's when uh, Blake threatens to basically Doctor Strange Kane here. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, Doctor Strange is a, a character in Marvel Strange. Comics. Yeah, people know Doctor Strange. He gets his hands shredded in a car accident. I'm sure they know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know until I saw the movie, but he gets his hands shredded in a car accident. He's like yeah. the world's best neurosurgeon, and he destroys his hands in a car accident. And he goes looking for ways to fix his hands, basically. Yeah. That's how he becomes an all-powerful sorcerer god. <laughs> really disappointing movie, you know. I really like that first half of that movie, but the second half just ooh, you know, not not very good. <laughs> I really liked all of that movie. It's like top five Marvel movies for me. Yeah, it's definitely on the higher end of superhero movies, which I just generally don't like at all. But, you should uh, watch Thor Ragnarok. Oh god, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, really? No, yeah, watch I mean, it because it's not, it's not, it, it's like more of a sci-fi comedy than a superhero movie. It's like an actual, it's a, it's an actually funny comedy movie. Do they play classic rock at any point during the movie? They play Immigrant Song mm. once, the one they used in the trailer. Mm, that's a, it's a, it's a big uh, reason not to watch what? it. I hate when they use classic rock songs, and it's a trend in Marvel. What? <laughs> Anyway, okay. Black, anyway, Black Panther is is getting a uh, a lot of high praise. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll. No, nah, Black Panther was really underwhelming for me. Maybe it's because everyone hyped it up too much. I don't know. Anyway, back, it's just really predictable. Yeah. Anyway, back back to Blake Seven. Uh, you know, they, superhero diversion aside, Kane performs the surgery. They uh they go they go back to the base. Yeah, they, they teleport him back to the base and they're like, okay, we're going to leave now. The Liberator's like, all right, let's go. Standard by eight. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the quickest we've heard Blake actually call out. Well, because the, the Federation ships are basically right there. And, uh, yeah, you know, I thought for, you see a shot of the Federation ships. At first I thought, like, these were the pursuit ships. But then I was like, well, no, it's not the same design. And you hear a voiceover. It's not, you know, Travis or anyone. And uh, also doesn't make sense because, you know, they're, they call the Federation base nearby. Um, but it sort of evokes the pursuit ships in, in a way because it's three mm-hmm. ships, you know, on their tail. I think they even call them pursuit ships in the story. Yeah. They aren't the same design as the pursuit ships that Travis is in charge of, though. There was a runner-up for my uh, award that I forgot to... <laughs> that was, like, just a few minutes before, <laughs> which is that Farron is sitting in his office and there's, like, the Liberator is, like, outside his window. But it's, like, a stationary shot of the Liberator that you can tell they CSO'd in <laughs> later on because as soon as Farron's head moves from the wall in front of the image, the area around his head gets really staticky because they like superimpose this image behind him. And it's also like a really low quality image. So that was runner up for most questionable special effects in this story. But yeah, anyway, the, um, well, actually back on the base, uh, Faron is like, Hey, Kane, you basically violated violated protocol and all of our statutes and neutrality. And Kane is like, well, what are you going to do about it, Faron? So Faron, I think, uh, well, I think at this point, Kane 
wants to talk to the pursuit ships or something, so he turns on the communicator, and Farron's like, stop that. So he, he takes Kane's hand off of the communicator. Kane is like, you struck my hand, and he, uh, he kills Farron. This was my award for biggest overreaction in Blake 7 so far, which is just killing someone for touching your hand. <laughs> you know, you, you gotta wonder if, if Kane has killed before. You know, I'm sure people have accidentally touched his hand in the past. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's gotta protect those hands. They're uh, basically the, the, the only thing he has since he's way too self-centered to basically make any friends, it seems like. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because everyone else on this base dies anyway. Because, <laughs> all right, this was kind of a confusing end to the story. So the pursuit ships are on the Liberator's tail. The Liberator is running. And um, you see the base, the, the pursuit ships are firing lasers at the Liberator. And then you see the base blow up. And apparently, apparently what this is supposed to be is that one of the shots from the pursuit no, ships... No, yeah, they explicitly said a shot missed the Liberator. Yeah, and hit the ship. But, like, at the same time... You th Avon has this snarky comment about how oh, that's one less place to escape to. So I thought for a second that like Avon <laughs> set like bombs or charges <laughs> on the uh, on the base and blew it up or something. But apparently that's not it. No, there's like actual dialogue. The second bolt, the second bolt comes and then Villa's like, "Oh, it missed." And then Blake's like, "But it's still going." And then you see the base blow up. Yeah, but that's not that's to me that's not like very clear because I watched this twice and didn't like get it that clearly. And the second the second time watching through, I was like, "Oh, all right, I guess it you know missed," but it still wasn't that clear to me. I mean, I feel like Villa saying it missed is like a pretty big. I mean, I don't know. They, they could say like the 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 shot missed or like the laser missed rather than like it missed. I don't know. It just wasn't that clear to me. Uh, but, you know, in the end, I guess I got it, so, you know, all right. Yeah, and then it ends with the, like, most awkward and stilted dialogue in Blake yeah. 7 so far. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I actually, uh, <laughs> I love this this shot of of Blake, Jenna, and Gan just laughing. And then <laughs> Gareth looks Thomas so looks like he wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they're like, Gan's like, I guess I was out of it for a while, huh? <laughs> like, Jenna's like, but we're yeah. glad to have you back, Gan, except it's actually ten times more awkward than yeah, that. Yeah, because then Blake's like, just let me know when you're ready for work, Gan. And then they all go, ha, 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 ha. Oh, man, that Blake, he's such a funny guy. And you can, Gareth Thomas was standing in front of Jenna next to Gan, but for some reason he moves around Jenna, and now he's awkwardly standing behind and somewhat between Jenna and Gan. He also awkwardly puts his, his arms over Jenna and Gan, shoulders you know classic hover hand there yeah. <laughs> uh, they also i mean they also to me this was kind of weird because gan's liber uh gan's liberator no gan's, gan's liberator <laughs> gan seven you know it's all him no uh gan's limiter has been shown both in this story and in others to you know have a tendency to malfunction yet they just played off like yep totally fixed now and gans like did they take it out Navon's like no <laughs> not possible <laughs> yeah okay that line actually indicated to me that maybe gans uh, limiter is still malfunctioning because you know the 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 pacified gan seems totally okay with having a limiter right he's like it keeps me from killing i accept that that's a good thing right whereas the the sinister gan doesn't want the limiter so you know the the, the sinister gan would be the one to say like did they take it out like really <laughs> eagerly <laughs> this this entire final scene has just awkward office party <laughs> vibes 
Callie's like standing off to the side, like uh, with a really forced smile. Everybody's really forced smiles during this scene. Oh God, Fair, what are you doing? Why didn't you direct a better party scene? Even the dialogue itself, you know, Chris Belcher. What are you? What's what's up here? Anyway, maybe, that's where it ends. Maybe he fell asleep before he edited that final scene and woke up the next morning and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I finished this script. <laughs> They're just ad-libbing it for the entire thing. <laughs> the script is just a blank page that says improvise, but make sure Avon gets all the cool lines. <laughs> yeah, overall, yep, pretty good story. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this. You know, I was surprised. You know, I wasn't really on board. You know, first the first couple minutes, I was like, all right, this is just going to be take place all in the Liberator, which wasn't true. Uh, and I didn't think I was going to enjoy it very much. And then they introduced the medical stuff. So I was like, great, they're introducing medical drama into this. Another thing I don't tend to enjoy. Grey's Anatomy in space. <laughs> Blake's Anatomy. The new season of Grey's Anatomy is garbage, by the way. What? <laughs> you watching? Yeah. I actually, I mean, I've, I've watched it like on and on. I've watched a couple episodes before this. And then I just jumped on this season. I was like, wow, this really sucks. But <laughs> anyway, you know. This this reminded me of sort of the, the, the shootout in Duel where it's like, it's just how is this really poorly achieved thing it's so enjoyable? But it was. It really was. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the characters really contribute a lot to that. You know, a lot of these stories seem like Doctor Who-esque stories, mainly um, the web, but mm-hmm. you know, th- this one kind of also... Um, and just all of them, and you know, in general, seems like things Doctor Who would do slightly differently, of course, but you know, still touch on some of the same things. Right. But uh, the characters in Doctor Who were never as enjoyable as, you know, Blake and, and his, his crew. crew. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. Overall, just a good story, I think, well made. <laughs> Comparatively. Yeah, I mean, Dudley Simpson is on point for these soundtracks. You know, on Doctor Who, he was never any good, and. You know, in the first half of the season, he wasn't really any good either, but I'm really enjoying what he's doing uh, for for the second half of the season. Yeah, and the gravity well looked cool, uh, even though you could totally tell it was just a fancy rag and a washing machine. <laughs> and, I mean, other than that, yeah, I think it's good. Definitely, I'm hoping they're building up to some really good finale since we're almost done with Series A, yeah, they're definitely, I guess it's called here. They're definitely building up a lot of mystery around Zen. You know, at this point, they have introduced a, a programmer who uh withholds information from zen so like why is why was the this person or this group who programmed zen withholding the information well we can guess we don't really know yet where did zen come from where the liberator come from you know what's exactly going on here there's also that time zen just like was just like no nah, i'm not gonna do that thing and just turned off that yeah. was like at the beginning of the season so i'm hoping that they're gonna do something with zen or have some sort of reveal with zen at some point. At some point, <laughs> preferably as, as this season, season. Yeah, the season finale. The big reveal is that Zen is actually just a dude inside <laughs> that big orb. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, so we got another email this week from Mr. Sergeant Drano. No, no, it's just Sergeant Drano. <laughs> it's not Mr. Sergeant Drano. <laughs> anyway. The first and only Blake 7 podcast to get... Emails. emails. Well, actually, it wasn't an email, but to be contacted by a sergeant and a saint. Yeah, so I think that makes us pretty special. We're also like one of the only four Blake 7 podcasts. I think so there's only three. Three. Well, three dedicated to Blake 7, but one of like I mean, five like, that have done episodes think, of Blake 7. Yeah, maybe it's five. 
probably more. Yeah, probably more actually. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So the the subject of the email is Blake Seven, comma Travis and Serverland. I don't know why I read the comma out loud. Anyway, we'll just let the text to speech read the rest of the email so I don't mess it up. Hey guys, just a quick note to correct your not spoiler. This is not the last time we will see Travis without Servalin. It might be the last time we see this version of Travis without Servalin. Hopefully that's cryptic enough. Keep on keeping on, standard by 7. Sergeant Dreino. Station 7, the door. P.S. How much does Vila weigh? Someday we may learn the answer to this key mystery of Blake 7. Alright, so, thanks again, first yeah. of all. For correcting us, you know, oh, yeah. we're not ex- we're not experts. Yeah, uh, I think I actually got that information off the wiki, although maybe I read it wrong, or maybe the wiki itself is wrong, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, you know, I know vaguely what you're referring to. We've been looking into contacting some people who are involved with the show, as well as other podcasts, maybe for guest appearances, and, and one of the people who I found a method to contact is the... <laughs> is Stephen Grief. Stephen Grief, who played Travis, but... Uh, Grief, you know. Grief. But I know the Wikipedia page for for Steven, the actual Wikipedia page, mentions that he was the first actor to play Travis, and that intrigued yeah. me because that's that's all I know. That's the extent of what I know. So that was kind of interesting to me. And I mean, I know more um, about the situation, both what happens on screen and some behind the scenes stuff, um, which I'm not going to discuss right now because I don't want to spoil it. For yeah, but I'm so. definitely curious to know what happened. Uh, thank you for emailing us. How much does Villa weigh? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we'll just peg him okay, at... What, a, like one, 170, 180? Yeah, let's peg him about 170, 180. Maybe a little more, 200. Uh, you know? 200 maybe pushing it. He looks kind of... He looks a little is, I short. How, I don't know how tall Michael Keaton is. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how tall... I feel like a, 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 I think he's pretty, Paul Darrow's like six feet, isn't he? Oh, really? Well, actually, how tall is Paul Darrow? Because if we knew how tall Paul Darrow was, then we could compare Michael Keaton. But then we could just look up how tall Michael Keating, Keaton is. So <laughs> that kind of defeats the purpose of looking up how tall Paul Darrow is, I suppose. Michael Keating. The- Michael Keating. <laughs> I keep almost saying Michael yeah, Keating every time. Yeah, me too. No, time. me too. Uh, you're not alone in that. So anyway, yeah, thank you for emailing us again. We really do appreciate it. Email us at thedoctordecadentvegetable.com. Questions, comments, concerns, anger, rants, love letters, your thoughts on Zen. We named our podcast after him, so he better be goddamn interesting. <laughs> you can find us on YouTube at Decorative Vegetable, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play at Zenith, a Blake 7 podcast, or you can just search for Blake 7. Leave a rating if you like the show. Check us out on Facebook, Trust Your Doctor. Like us on Facebook. Also check us out on Twitter, at TYD Podcast, and follow us on Twitter. And next time we're watching Bounty, which is apparently one of the most controversial Blake 7 episodes. But oh until then, the end. <laughs>